Hello and welcome back to Blacker Couch Reviews. I'm your host Christina. We are back for another episode of The Flash. This is season 8 episode 11 entitled Resurrection. It was written by Emily Polizzi and directed by Greg Beeman. I gave this episode an 8.6 out of 10. Uh, it was a lot of focus on Caitlyn in this episode and her previous relationship with Ronnie. I didn't expect to see uh, <laughs> homeboy show up. Uh, you know who I'm referencing. Why am I missing his na- name right now? I watch him and upload. Uh, shit, I, it's not coming to me. It's not coming to me. <laughs> not at all it should that's gonna bother me oh my god i hope homeboy uh, someone mentions it in feedback or i can just google it but i don't really feel like doing that right now so uh it was very much a story of how not properly letting go can fuck you in the ass right you are motherfucker and how sometimes you have to make your own mistakes and your friends have to watch you make said mistakes when they totally know that you're making a mistake and there's a line in this episode i'm sure many people are not going to (laughs) appreciate which is the fact that anytime it becomes between it comes between barry and the team and iris it is always Barry and Iris. <laughs> and they gotta swallow that shit. Uh, I'm never gonna forget how homeboy got pulled sucked into a hole because snitches get stitched. <laughs> I know I'm being funny and petty, but it's the truth. And, you know, sometimes the truth hurts. But I, I like the fact that it was kind of a push and pull what to do for the team. Uh, what's family versus family family (laughs) and the different layers of how you support that that's very true and while we all know that daniel panabaker isn't my favorite actress she has been able to uh be led by a better script and more good directing which is what a lot of it is (laughs) is part of getting people to be where you need them to be um and also giving them material that isn't absolutely shitty also by bringing robbie amell back it allows for a type of closure to his storyline but then they allowed for for the worst to happen without it being uh without shying away from that i guess by giving it some type of happy ending in which uh you know caitlin was right and the rest of the team was wrong and in this case with pretty devastating effects and it kind of uh is in line with uh uh i'm not sure or not if this idea is true or not that the characterization of caitlin is going to be killed off and that it's only going to be frost going forward i had not heard about that but uh that is a theory i've uh seen once or twice going around in the comment section i do know that jesse l martin is going to be stepping away after this season uh i stumbled across that news wasn't looking for it but now that i know uh i'm sharing with the world because <laughs> i'm sure more pro- more people probably knew than i did at this moment and uh yeah or at the moment that i found out so there was a comment about cecile going as well and i agreed not because i dislike cecile whatever my love hate relationship with her powers they're at least attempting to use it when it makes sense for the most part it's not always kosher but it's an effort but if i don't have jesse l martin on the show it's gonna feel weird that cecile is around and we don't see joe and they have a child together and she has another daughter we've never heard about and there's already enough baggage there but I also can see that it not being fair to the actress 
who would love to continue on in her capacity as Cecile Horton. So I'm of two minds about it. My initial one was definitely, yeah, I think that she should step off with Joe. You know, they can go move away from Central City. That would make sense because I can't see Joe not being there and Cecile being there. But since he's supposed to be in season nine in some capacity, and if they are just pushing to end it in season 10, which I think is a perfectly doable and sensible thing to do, then I can, I can more in line go with that type of story arc uh, going forward. So that's my take on that let's jump into the episode so ronnie is we start with the flashback in 2012 and ronnie comes to star labs after he is injured in the uh, building the particle accelerator this is the first time he meets caitlin they strike it up in a friendship they then flash forward where he is saying things that she should know about in the snow uh, to save him and this is our first indication that he is possibly uh, this uh black mist is pot or fire is in fact ronnie raymond in some type of capacity i like both sides of the argument and i will uh say i feel like i've been saying that too much i appreciated that caitlin came in and she did research it she didn't say oh it's ronnie as if last week didn't happen or in this timeline in the show yesterday (laughs) so we know this fire has the capacity to take on the appearance or uh imitate people that she loves or that people love and are grieving it's late i'm sorry i've already had way too much (laughs) so i apologize in advance if i'm just tripping all over my words luckily this episode doesn't have too much to deep dive into it was pretty self uh self-propelling I'm sure the proximity to Barry without Iris, particularly in the scenes with Caitlin, was so much for people to handle, particularly Iris West stands and Wes Allen stands. They was probably frothing at the at the mouth. <laughs> Spinning around like Texas Chainsaw Massacre. <laughs> But this felt like a good way in which one is to have a comprehensive debate or argument. And it happened in several different spheres across Team Flash in Central City this episode. As much as I really did want to know more, because I know, I just know Shy's like, what the fuck? <laughs> and she's been very much and and so has uh Mimi as well she did drop a few lines regarding last week's episode that she didn't hate it or anything but she really wanted to but she already expressed that she wasn't as interested in the black fire so of course there's not many people that don't show up for the flash to see iris and barry and that particular story arc and dynamic uh i of course love candace Patton and am fascinated by that particular story arc and would like to get further on it uh so feeling a certain frustration around that i can understand uh especially as we seem to be going through two simultaneous story arcs and they're not necessarily getting the same amount of time so of course it's gonna cause uh, a little bit of discontent but you know this is a show about the flash not iris west allen (laughs) and that is sometimes a a caveat 
i even have to tell myself you know i do want i am more intrigued by this other part of the story arc but i can't be upset that the show is also exploring what the flash is doing and an extension of that team flash to save the city because that's pretty much the main arc of what's supposed to be going on him being a superhero with that being said uh this a story arc kind of went as i for the most part expected with a few exceptions uh as i stated earlier i appreciated that they had her come in and says yeah i know i'm not a fool uh i did do my research this happens to come from a singularity things were all lining up in her favor to believe that this was in fact ronnie raymond and i also had a lot of respect for the fact that everyone else understood where her thought process thought process was and was picking up on that and they all decided to formulate a plan based on confirmed information which was what cecile and joe had discovered they laid out all of the victims they did all recently lose people to confirm this is some type of grief eater or that's fueled by uh by grief and then when caitlin realizes that these are all people that she knew it only further exasperates the idea that this is in fact ronnie raymond but you have barry there who is skeptical because of recent events but not only that he sees how much how desperately kate wants this to be true and when you go back to the flashbacks it makes sense this is someone that she uh instantly felt a connection to even though she called him <laughs> what did she think he was a handyman or something like that and her being embarrassed by her mistake then you later see them uh as they're preparing for a trip you know they this is her husband it's not just a boyfriend like she's had she hasn't had successful relationships after ronnie meaning this is probably the only person that she's ever gonna truly love and it, it's too good to be true as frost and barry later discuss and because it's too good to be true because it's lining up so perfectly that this can be the only truth there's something that feels uh, a little leery about it and barry can't shake his instincts here but he's also understanding like okay i'm gonna let everybody i'm gonna trust my team as i am trying to learn to do which means that they're gonna fall kind of what joe was saying last week so i like the co continuation of the thread that they were weaving that's much cleaner than the all in shit that i still have to hear but it also feels as if the two writers were actually in the same room <laughs> or read the last person's script he's convinced that she's making a mistake and he doesn't but he understands why she would be making such a mistake that's when he goes to talk to her about it like uh and he's not being pushy he's not trying to say i'm right you're wrong it's i have concerns she is kind of like yeah but i'm pretty sure that this is my husband it has to be my husband i want it to be my husband i want my husband basically is where it boiled down to and this was the closest thing the most hope she's been given for that 
uh in the last eight years since he's been gone and i think that's one of the questions barry asks is you know it's been eight years why has he been gone that long these are some of the the bigger questions and that he discusses with frost as well like this doesn't it just doesn't feel right it feels too convenient it felt as if it and why would he go after chester right all these people it's trying to get to you but it also tried to consume chester and it's killing people and that's something that ronnie would never be able to even live with himself if he was in fact doing it even accidentally and she just brushes those concerns aside because she's blinded by the objective by the possibility of this being true and barry says look i i have been here i've been at this emotion why do you think i went back in time and tried to save my mom and thought i could just stop things and make that you know trying to resurrect the dead is never a good thing some people are meant to die and they sacrifice themselves for the greater good and you have to live with that and she says this is not another flashpoint and i i like their dialogue i did it was as i stated earlier it made sense for both sides to say what they were saying and then the comment about iris i'm sure many people might feel some way about that but i thought that was a fair comment to say i mean that that's the truth when it comes to iris barry don't give a fuck <laughs> team flash are just assistants at that point and we all know this so for someone calling you out because it's the truth i mean he knew it too he's like shit <laughs> next week i don't think he don't give a shit about death storm he about to have one agenda <laughs> hell because he was proven right he probably gonna get snippy I told you. What did I tell you? Didn't I tell you? Cause I told you. Mm-hmm. And when did I tell you? A long time ago. And what did I say will happen when I told you? Exactly what just happened. And he better not come across, tenure. We tired of playing with your ass, nigga. Today your ass is gonna die, bitch. Say goodnight, motherfucker. Dion gonna get it too. I didn't get no sleep cause of y'all. Y'all not gonna get no sleep cause of me. Oh, I guess they're calling the Black Fire Black Flame. I wrote that down <laughs> in my notes for the episode because I think I've been calling it, and I actually, I know I've been calling it the Black Fire. It is, in fact, the Black Flame. So Chester comes up with a way to, well, they already have a way in which they can, uh, they can capture it using the, the sphere for the that they used in flash wooden and you know garment whenever they also are working on the it looks like the tachyon device <laughs> oh they call it the quantum spice splicer so that caitlin can use it to stabilize the black flame so that ronnie can be freed and despite the fact that this is the plan this is what barry and even frost who agrees that it's mm, probably not gonna end well in katie's favor she's able to successfully talk barry into just letting her at least try and then if she's wrong we'll be there with the backup plan and i thought that that was a good uh compromise right because life is about compromising if you don't know that by now <laughs> i don't know i don't know there's a lot of things i could say going in the other direction but yeah if you have children then you definitely should already know that life is about compromise <laughs> but seriously you're not always going to get your way sometimes you're going to have to you know follow your instincts but also allow other people to follow their instincts even if they are wrong and you think that you are right and that is a huge lesson that many people are still struggling to learn 
I'm sure I have moments too myself where I'm like, I'm right, I'm right, I'm right. But because I'm a parent, I also realize (laughs) that especially I, I can't prevent someone from living their lives, from being able to, you know, um, at least try right at least walk it their own path and you know if everybody gets egg in their face once in their life if not more than once and that's okay it's okay (laughs) sometimes you have to learn the hard way and that's something my mom used to say like you can learn the easy way you can learn the hard way but most people choose to do the hard way because they want to do it their way Uh, they want to be able to trust their own instincts even if they fail so that they can learn from that Uh, but unfortunately for uh, for Caitlin and getting everyone on board for her plan the real Ronnie contacts Cecile and begs her to set him free because she believes he's in misery that he's in some type of hell she trusts her instincts as well she goes to barry lets him know like barry i don't think that he wants us to do this and barry chooses to do what his friend also like he goes i'm honoring my friend's wishes by doing what he wants and he brings that to caitlin like you're not listening to him because she just ignores what Cecile is saying to her because she can't give up that hope it's too much and then I think one of the the saddest scenes of the episode is the fact that she lets Marcus go she tells Marcus hey I've been working at Star Labs for the last eight years and also my dead husband is back from the grave and look I was so ready to go he's like I'm not an idiot I'm not uh, someone that needs to be played. The thought of the chance of you getting back with your husband means more to you than the idea of realistically moving forward with me. Goodbye, my lover. Goodbye, my friend. And he leaves her with a quote from Plato about how roots don't grow downward, but upward and humans because humans aren't plants and the roots grow up to our heart and you have to nurture that and that's not something that caitlin has been doing and it's worrying even uh, frost at the end because barry has now decided he has another team meeting sans caitlin that no since she's not listening I have to override her decision in this and we are going to end up uh, capturing the black flame instead because I don't think that what Caitlin is doing is what it doesn't want to do it's what it does want to do and Ronnie was a part of team flash as well and I feel that I need to uphold what he wants to do even if she wants to uphold what she thinks that he wants to do uh and trust her own particular judgment here and they just have a clash of ideologies going forward and uh with barry basically shutting down and not even allowing the choice frost says she's all about it however she then goes to caitlin and says look barry's going to do what he wants to do what he thinks was best i agree with him however blood is thicker than water they're family but your family family and i think there's nothing wrong with that that's exactly as it should be and she had stole the quantum splicer so she can try her way not to do anything horrible but for the most part be allowed the opportunity that she was already promised so they go to where the black flame is which happens to be around a bonfire (laughs) and uh before it could take out any casualties 
uh, they are able to successfully capture it however frost shows up and releases it once again the splicer is put on and ronnie raymond uh, appears uh, having freed himself but then faints or having been freed i should say uh, there was a conversation in the middle of this before we do get back to star labs because there's not much going on other than he's unconscious caitlin says there's a part of his abdugla abdomiglia something like that you know i can't say that word uh, that she didn't quite understand but she's seeing ronnie all of her dreams are coming true i mean she's blinded right now she's absolutely seeing stars and when you get the flashbacks once again i think i mentioned this earlier it makes sense you know they have their trip in the snow there was a genuine love and connection there something that's real that she hasn't been able to replicate and you can't not understand where she comes from because if barry was to lose iris that's exactly how he would feel as if he lost a part of himself and they're they're making that correlation between caitlin and ronnie and why she's had nothing but terrible uh boyfriends or lovers and made really terrible mistakes when it comes to <laughs> trusting her instincts when it comes to men it, it all stems from this uh reluctance to really truly let go of the love of her life which she doesn't want to let go of and i i think that you could see all episode that everyone was empathetic to that so there was a conversation between chester and allegra that i didn't hate <laughs> uh he's doing his his uh youtube channel wookie lover shows up again he talks about how sharing information and technology is you know something he wants to openly source to the public so that it can inspire generations of people to do good things and allegra points out to him that i understand what your mainstream is i understand what you're going after but everyone isn't you everyone isn't responsible and some technology should possibly not have easy access to and something that can resurrect someone from the dead is not some technology you want out there because it pretty much increases the idea of it falling in the wrong hands and i thought that was a pretty grown-up conversation that they had in regards to two separate ideas on how to go up about things and they they went back and forth and they both had their points and acknowledged that the other person had points oh my god this is exactly what people should be like <laughs> in an ideal world uh so i like that from them and for the most part they were support on team flash they were taking uh taking the well they were following from their leads and they were understanding of seeing it from both sides as well at the end they end up you know cecile says look i'm sorry i never had anything you know go so wrong with my powers before i'm really happy for you and you know caitlin's forgiving of it like it's not like you didn't you weren't doing it to protect me or you were doing it out of spite or <laughs> malicious intent you genuinely care about me and you you were very supportive when i first brought this to you and it was only until uh you know what you experienced that you had those concerns and you brought those to me and we talked about it and things you know ended up going in the way uh my side of the argument i'm happy about that everyone else is happy about that barry apologizes she's like don't worry about it it's no hard feelings right that's what family does they're not always gonna agree <laughs> lord knows i don't agree with my family a lot but at the same time at the end of the day we know everyone was coming from a good place 
unfortunately for Caitlyn, it does not end in a good place for her because I don't know about you, but when lights start to flicker off, I tend to think that this is an ominous, ominous sign and not walk uh continuously in that direction without clicking uh the button that says panic (laughs) on my phone but we get the big reveal that ronnie is not ronnie she's like you're scaring me ronnie that's because i'm not ronnie and then transforms into this alien looking creature and calls himself death storm looks like i made a mistake fuck are you man what i liked about the double twist here because they thought it wasn't ronnie it was ronnie but now it's confirmed it's not ronnie is that all of her information did line up he did come from the singularity he explains that ronnie is dead he died giving himself up to the the singularity however his death was my birth and now <laughs> we have the counterpart of firestorm in deathstorm i don't know the most about this uh particular character other than the fact that he is the the villain counterpart of firestorm that's all i know about him i don't know if possibly uh, uh i feel like there is some type of connection there with ronnie but that connection is very tormented so i i I feel as if ronnie may still be in there in some capacity i don't know i I don't know this is where uh salsa you're gonna have to come in to play and explain to me all that i do not know because i don't even feel like researching it like i said earlier this is some unfortunate news to get at the end of the episode because being on the wrong side of Barry right now is not a place you want to be. Because Barry got some pretty devastating news on the other side of the tracks in Coast City. Iris is still suffering from her time sickness, which is accompanied by very powerful headaches that look to be uh, <laughs> very painful. Um you have her trying to apologize iris like tenya i don't know what happened to your mom (laughs) uh she's like where did she go she's like i don't know then she gets another headache sue's like back the fuck off can't you see this is a woman in pain she says i need to call barry and then the phone disappears i refuse to believe that not only iris doesn't have her phone on her but that Tanya, a teenager does not also have a phone but i also am wondering if possibly the idea of contacting barry it seemed to it seems to be working (laughs) the the sickness when it wants to i'm not sure if it was connected to that or not that just probably is coincidence but she's like okay uh i need you to get the fuck out of here because i don't know what's going on and iris just passes out sue is very concerned iris wakes up and she's back at the at the uh hotel uh sue's like thank god you're awake i was very concerned about you iris the queen that she is she's only concerned about tenya she's like what happened to her mom i don't know she's like sue is like it's okay it's fine she says sue don't get too close to me because i don't want to zap you out of, of existence too she says i know you were told to stay put but i think you really have to stay put uh then at that moment tanya shows her ass up Uh, this is the thing because she's like oh you're concerned about her safety but not about my mom i'll put a whooping on their ass so fast boy at this point i was like you know she's a 15 year old kid Uh, she already has some psychological issues being abandoned by her mother she has some self-esteem issues as well she just watched her mother get thanos snapped just as she was making a a real life-altering personal connection 
she's in her emotions she's not thinking rationally that is understandable then she taught iris to shut up Little tape around his body i was ready to beat the bricks off that girl and sue was ready to too she's like look i've had enough i need to get her home and what your shit is that's uh what she tried to do but this is my friend she comes first and she's like you're gonna have to go through me and she was ready but she forgot she also can walk through people <laughs> and i can that was so relatable because i was the same way i was like oh you about to get your ass beat yes she, i'm about to live vicariously through sue because i wanted to beat the bricks off the bitch too but unfortunately uh she does walk through her and then makes iris disappear oh now you fucked up now you fucked up now you fucked up you have fucked up now now you fucked up now you fucked up now you fucked up now you fucked up she don't know who that woman's husband is but she gonna find out now is it me or did it feel as if tenya did this weird little thing with her her uh her eyes like her eyes uh fluttered a little bit am i just just misreading what the actress was trying to do there or was that intentional i'm really not sure but she tells sue that's what's gonna happen to you because she's like what did you do (laughs) like no seriously what did you do like i don't even think you know what you did and she says that's gonna happen to you if you come after me and i was like well that's uh that's definitely on the on the menu and she shows up because barry calls iris he's like voicemail again he's concerned (laughs) he already knows she has a time sickness so when sue knocks on the door and he opens it and she walks in and that look that he gave to the hallway where's the lamb sauce then the way he shut the door you know how you know bad news is coming everything has been telling you that this is like all of his instincts are firing (laughs) on all cylinders right now about the fact that something is really wrong and i think he felt that way from the moment he heard about that time sickness and now for sue to just show up no iris phones going to voicemail and then she says iris is gone my world is crumbling around me the director of this episode did a fantastic job just a phenomenal job uh portraying the scene as pretty much like his world kind of crumbles a bit and sue's just standing in front of him like did you hear me iris is missing she's gone and i'm like he comprehends that very much so but it's almost like the earth just swallowed him whole and he's gonna need a second so those are my thoughts on the episode let's go ahead and jump into the mailbag I'm here to give my feedback for The Flash Season 8, Episode 11. Before I do that, I wanted to say a few things in response to uh, what has been said in regards to fandom and their treatment of uh, individuals 
And so um, I will say this. Uh, as you know, I'm not a huge Caitlyn fan, and I will say there are times when my feelings in regards to the actor can bleed into how I how I view the um, um, the character. Um, even though I'm, I will say that um, how the character has been written and portrayed in recent years in recent season hasn't been the best. Um, but at the same time, I mean, I will admit I can't admit um, that. You know, sometimes uh, I'm not the most rational. I haven't been the most rational, I should say, um, in regards to um, my thoughts and feelings on the character. Um, and so, and of course, you've uh, been more than happy to call me out on those times. Um, but at the same time, I mean, I, I think, um, you know, people have biases. I mean, I, I don't, I mean, it's hard to, I mean, it's hard to sit here and say you have absolutely no biases about anything. Is how you the 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 thing is is how you handle those biases. In my line of work, you know, we talk about that, and it, and it's a matter of just being intentional. And it, and that I mean, and we're human, so we're flawed. We're gonna you know, fall from, you know, what we know is right at times. Um, but yes, um, like I'm trained to, um, try to, uh, you know, because I deal with, um, population of society where, um, if I allow it, my biases can, um, really affect, um, people. And so, um, I say all that to say, um, what I think the issue with fandom is, um, they allow those biases, those prejudices that they have um, take over and they lose all sense of rationale and all sense of decency. Um, you know, because you talked about the writer Jess um, and we talked a little bit about that all offline. This is a black woman who's in a world who was put in it. She just got there um, last season. So what i mean what what control do these fans think this woman has to where she can um um go into a new situation and start laying down the law saying this is how it is and this is how it's not and this is you know it's like yes you go in you give your you give your ideas you give your impressions you whatever the case may be but at the end of the day you, you know, that's all it is. You're one member of many making, giving ideas. I mean, I say all that because as you know, um, where I, where I work, I'm the only minority in, in a, in a place, in a position of leadership. And so I go in every day and, you know, I'm the only representative to, you know, in the situation, I'm the, you know, one voice in the room sort of thing. And yes, I say my thoughts and feelings, but at the end of the day, that doesn't mean, you know, what I say and how I feel is going to take precedence over the situation or whatever the decision that is made. And so I think fans lose sight of that and you know, and they're, you know, shitting on this writer and shitting on the showrunner. Like they, like they're, there's, they don't have a boss that they're being, you know, accountable to. And it's like, these, that's the young minded thinking that frustrates me. And that's why I had to leave because I mean, I'm uh, older and know better. And so to engage in such, you know, the craziness that goes on in Phantom and the the childishness, the immaturity that goes on there and the blatant, blatant, ugliness that exists and not just in you know one particular part of fandom throughout the whole fandom even the iris west island fans they're they're just as guilty of being nasty of being petty of uh being prejudiced about things about being having biases yes you know um there's many things that have happened in the fandom where you feel a certain way and you know that has put up walls and all this kind of stuff but when you put up walls when you um 
um, start acting a certain way and then you you start, you know, you felt you were being bullied by certain parts of the fandom and then you turn around and start bullying, then that's a problem because that's basically what it is. They've started bullying this writer, harassing her because, you know, they feel a certain way and they've lost all sight of objectivity. Um, this is a human being. This is a person. She's trying to do a job. Who are you to sit there and harass her like that? And so that's the thing that frustrates me. And it's like, I cannot be a part of a, a population that feels like that's okay. That's how you're supposed to act. That's how, you know, in support of Candace, you're supposed to, a black woman, you're supposed to go and treat this black woman like shit because you, I mean, so much projection going on with this fandom. It's not even funny. Um, just lose all sight and all reason um, in regards to that. And I'll probably have to do a part two because I'm on, I'm at six minutes and I haven't gotten to the show yet. As for this episode, I really, really enjoy this episode from start to finish. I mean, and again, you know me, I'm not the biggest Caitlyn fan, um, Frost slash Frost fan. But in this particular episode was um, more about Caitlyn and all of that stuff. I mean, I haven't been a fan of Caitlyn since season two. Um, uh, And so it was really refreshing to watch an episode um, and which was majority majority of it featuring Caitlyn. and of course, Ron. I mean, I, I mean, I really love Ronnie. I was so glad to see him back in this episode, um, and all of this ties into the main plot because I feel like her characters, both Frost and Caitlyn, they've been set adrift for so many seasons that they've lost rhyme and reason. That they just haven't been enjoyable. Of course, you know, there's other things besides that, but that's definitely a big part of it. I mean, if they, I mean, I just felt like they lost rhyme and reason. Um, regarding their character these characters but this one was so enjoyable I enjoyed getting those little back stories from um before season one so we got to see the how their relationship developed um which again try you know I guess in the way they're trying to make us invested because it's been since season one um since we've uh been a part of this relationship um and observing it um so having getting some trying to get us back invested in Ronnie and them as a couple so that we can understand you know Caitlyn's motivations and why she's making the decisions she's making and all that good stuff um so I thought that was well done um the Iris stuff girl I tell you the truth that um what's her name Tenya I want to slap her silly I'm like where did you get Iris attacked your mom from I mean, your mom literally went over there and touched Iris and she disappeared. Where'd you get attacked? <laughs> like, I mean, this, I mean, and I get, she's young, she's a teenager, but she's very hot headed. Um, we saw that in the previous episode and we see that again here. Very irrational. <laughs> Reminds me of this phantom. Um, very just not thinking things through, just reacting to situations without giving a thought to how you know the consequences and so in regards to iris you know she's so mad that she i don't know where the hell she said iris i'm like you gotta be kidding me off of i mean instead of just calm down chick and figure out what happened i mean sue was trying to tell you what happened and yet you sitting there you know just giving your own um narrative of what happened that even though, you know, Iris took the time, she helped you find your mother. Why would she do all of that only to attack somebody she really didn't even know? She, you know, she poured out her heart, told you about her story in regards to her mom and all of that stuff and how she got through that. And just like I said, um, I'm almost at 10 minutes. So sorry, I'm gonna have to do a part two, but I'll try to make it quick. All right, here we go. All right, this is part two of Flash season eight, episode 11. So I'll make this quick. So yeah, her, uh, Tenya's, um, that whole thing was (laughs) just so over the top to me. I want, like I said, I want to slap her silly. Um, But you know how I am, where my mindset is when it comes to these youngins these days. So uh, 
there's that. But I love, um, I am so enjoying um, Sue and Iris's relationship um, and getting to see that um, because we always, like we talked about offline, we always um, talk about wanting her to have a friend and all that good stuff. And not only is it someone that's not a part of Citizen or Flash, it's someone um, that, you know, is more equal to her and that she can talk to and she can um, bounce off of and, you know, express herself to and all of that stuff. So that's what I really, really enjoy about them. And the fact that Sue was, you know, was there for Iris and um, was looking out for her and ready to kick some booty um, on her behalf. So I thought that was so awesome. So, so awesome. Um, and the one other thing I'm, I'm enjoying about this um, graphic novel and the season as a whole is that we, there's been so many surprises, so many twists and turns throughout with the Armageddon and now with this one that is keeping me, it's pleasantly, surprisingly keeping me on my toes. And I'm like, I don't know what's going on. I didn't know what the hell uh, was happening when, I mean, I knew it was too good to be true. I, I'm going to say that much, much right now. I'm like, uh, we still got like 10 minutes left and this whole, oh, everything's. And then of course, everybody's singing Kumbaya at Star Labs after Ronnie came back. I'm like, yeah, this ain't going to end well. Um, so sure. I mean, I didn't know where we were going with it because I, again, I don't know nothing about the comics. So I don't know who the hell Deathstorm is. I remember him from season two, but this is totally different. So, uh, this is some creature. <laughs> Whereas in season two it was just um, firestorm, evil firestorm. So I don't know who the hell this person is or this thing is, and um, what this has to do with anything. And but here's my theory uh, that I wanted to get out there um, because um, I read an article that Eric said that what happened in Armageddon will have lasting effects throughout the season. So when Barry defeated Despero um, and that fire explosion thingy happened um, and then Despero disappeared, I'm thinking that unleashed this black flame, this um, entity that's Deathstorm, um, that, that created this somehow. I don't know how, but I'm feeling like it unleashed it somehow in, in the heavens, in the universe somewhere. And so that, as a result of that, um, we have this new villain, this new big bad for this graphic novel. Um, what it wants uh, is yet to be known because, as he said, he's not Ronnie. So what exactly... I mean, other than just wanting death, like feeding off of death and wanting to destroy. I don't even know. I mean, I have no idea. I, I don't know what Deathstorm did in the in the comics. So that that that's shocked the hell out of me at the end. I mean, yeah, I knew something it was something wasn't right, but what what it was, I had no idea. So pleasantly surprised. That end scene with Barry, you talk about <laughs> Barry was gone. He, you, as soon as he heard Iris was missing, he left the building. I was like, uh, <laughs> Sue was like, Barry, Barry, hello. <laughs> so that was, that was, uh, I love that scene. I mean, it was sad, but, uh, you know, at the same time, Barry just can't be without Iris. We all know that. But yeah, that's what I got. I'm really loving this story arc, storyline that they got going on with this Black Flame slash that storm. And I'm really excited to see what happens next because I have no clue. And I'm loving that, that I have no clue and I have no theories other than to think that. And I'm wondering if the time sickness ties into this in any way. Because I know that, oh, I just feel like um, you know, when Dion, um, cause that now I remember that Dion, uh, talked about, uh, the negative still force and we know that he's not able to see the negative still force cause he couldn't see it, um, in Armageddon. And so maybe that's why, cause I, you know, I thought about it after I asked that maybe that's why he can't see it now. I mean, he can't, he doesn't have access to that. Just like Barry doesn't have access to the negative speed force. And so this, maybe that's what's causing Iris's time sickness is because, um, she tapped into the negative still force or they took away her treatments, which exposed her to the negative speed force. 
I don't know. So, I, I mean, all I know is it's probably Reverse Flash's fault somehow. Eobar Thawne, he has something to do with it. Um, as to why um, Iris is going through what she went through. And um, I know that uh, I heard a theory on um, on their uh, reaction um, video that I'm not going to say because it's not my theory, but I like it. Uh, and so I'm really thinking uh, this might be a reverse flash thing that he's still um, dicking um, Barry around and, you know, messing with him through Iris. Um, but anyway, on that note, until next time, much love, peace, and black girl, black girl magic, queen of the couch, shy. That was Queen Mimi with her thoughts on the episode. Uh, I'm going to go from last thought to first. I don't know too much about anything to make any predictions. But uh, for some reason, I don't think Thawne is involved. Uh, You know, there's Thawne exhaustion a little bit. And everything can't always be Thawne. So I, I don't want it to be because you know that's always the default oh it's Thawne one step ahead it's like yeah I like for Barry to be one step ahead and get to that position where Thawne needs to go through such lengths to get at the Flash because he can't get at the Flash like I I felt like that in Armageddon was that point so to backtrack it I you'd have to convince me a lot to like that uh, I do like your theory about Deathstorm being unleashed via Despero. I think that's a pretty solid theory to lean on. I actually don't have any theories and I'm liking just going with the flow <laughs> to be quite frank. I agree with you though. It is nice to have uh, story arcs where you don't necessarily know how it's going. You can't predict how it's going to go. Uh, but that would explain why it's been eight years. Uh, I also lastly agree it is better to have a good story than to treat a character like a hanger on which I kind of feel as if uh, has been the case in the last few seasons so I think that was one of the commitments Eric made was to do better with even the side characters uh, that may or may not be popular everyone has their fandom just because it's not your favorite character doesn't mean it isn't someone else's and you know as a podcaster i definitely have more of a responsibility to try to give a fair balance um you know characterization or analysis to each character but i also really like what you said you know it's not that people don't have biases of course everyone has biases (laughs) i didn't show up for the flash because iris west allen wasn't black (laughs) it's not to say that it's not to say there weren't things that were initially going on with the character behind the scenes that warranted you know a need to uh call attention to to some of the critique in a storyline but there's critique and as you very eloquently stated there's bullying uh and i think that there is a fine line between the two and i think you said all you need to say i've said all i need to say about it and i'm sure once i figure out how to get us all on a four-way that's my goal for the finale that uh, everyone will get to have their their say about it um but (laughs) yeah i i'm i i can see through the bullshit very easily uh that's always been a very uh beneficial i've been blessed with that trait to be able to to read through the bullshit very easily and not need or feel the need to conform uh it's not everybody that feels that type of uh that type of feeling to be able to step outside the box to have their own opinions and so on and so forth so you know it's a learning curve i don't want to say all of the youth because then i just feel like i'm my mother's uh generation because you know they've all said the same shit about us (laughs) i think that there's a learning curve unfortunately it's sad that that learning curve has to now be so transparently thrown out there to the universe to see uh that's uh my take on that (laughs) but very good uh thoughts on how you felt about that and i totally agree 
If you want to send feedback for our next episode, blackercouch at gmail.com, or you can leave a comment below this podcast. My social media will be there as well. Remember to like, share, and subscribe. Until the next time, peace, hair grease, and blacker magic. <laughs>